This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. There's a modern take on Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella coming to Vancouver. There's also going to be a described performance by Vocalize at the Gateway Theatre on December the 29th. Vancouver community reporter Amy Amanti has more of the details. Hey, good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. So, Amy, I love when you bring these theater stories that have these modern takes. What makes the take modern on Cinderella? I have no idea. They're not okay. Oh, really secret. Oh, I know. They say it's a, a the classic fairy tale with a modern twist. I also know it's a musical. So, but I think maybe the classic Disney one was a musical too. It's been a while since I've watched that one. Cinderella, but, Cinderella, day and night yeah. at Cinderella. That's right. Yeah, Cinderella. Oh, that's it's really sorry. Nice yeah, you're right. No, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> together with our brains, together we made that work. I may have to watch that maybe a couple of times before I go see this movie or this <laughs> subplay. But um, Vocalize had a really active month. We've had six plays in December. Wow. Holy smokes. So, yeah. It's been a, it's been a, a fun-filled uh, December full of plays. But this one will take place in Richmond, B.C. on the 29th at 7.30 p.m. And we're all super excited about this because it's a it's a fairy tale. It's right on sort of the, the cusp of New Year. So it feels like like a fun time to go uh, have a play and celebrate a night out. There, there's really something about that week between Christmas and New Year's. Listen, there's a lot of people who do have to work that week, and and I thank you for your work and your service. But for folks who uh, don't get to work, there is something special about um, that little break between a lot of obligations where you can actually just sort of enjoy and relax, and December the 29th is definitely one of those days. Amy, what are some of the need-to-knows about the described performance on the 29th? I think what's uh, good to know about this is that um, we have theater buddies available. So if you want someone to meet you at a local transit stop and have sighted guide um, service, I suppose, but have sighted guide support to the theater, we can offer that. That's, uh, that's There's no charge for that. And also that the tickets for Vocaline members are 50% off. So you get a really good ticket price. I think I paid $30 for my ticket. So that's a really nice perk to have. Um, and box office is great. So just phone them up and um, tell them that you want your tickets. And um, they have some seats on reserve for Vocali members. So if you want front row because you want to, um, you know, use the best of your partial site or you have a guide dog and it's more accessible for you, um, that's uh, they have some seats on reserve there. So. Yeah, it's there, you know, we Vocali uh, has worked really hard to try and train box office folks to be, uh, you know, to, to work digni with dignity with our community. And they're not all there, but, you know, it's been a 10 year labor of love to try and work, work yeah. with many <laughs> theaters and their box office staff. But, you know, with all the turnover, sometimes you're like, OK, let's have this conversation again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, you know, that, that that's part of the ongoing advocacy. Right. We, we, we would love that. We'd love that accessibility was sort of standard operating procedure. But uh, mm -hmm. as a society, we're not quite all the way there yet. But yeah, the, 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 but these are the important conversations, right, that you need to be perpetually working with people. And listen, even those best practices, some of that's going to change over the course of a decade, too. So it's always worth a yeah. refresher. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to give a few points of contact here. Uh, 604-270-1812. That's a phone number for more information. 604-270-1812. Or visit vocali.ca vocali.ca, although by this point, you should have Vocali bookmarked on your browser because Amy's always given them lots of great shout outs on the air. Okay, let's go to something a little bit more Christmassy. From Cinderella yeah. to a miniature Christmas village, a man who was legally blind created a winter wonderland display, a miniature one, on his what? dining room table. Why did this story jump out to you, Amy? Oh, I thought this was really interesting. So this man, his name is uh, Terry Campbell, and he was featured in a, a local online newspaper, the Vancouver Island Free Daily .com, of all things. He doesn't live on Vancouver Island. He lives in Chilliwack. So for folks who aren't in the BC area, I'm going to try and get this right. But this is like an hour and a half to two hours outside of Vancouver, depending on traffic-ish. So he lives in Chilliwack, and... Um, he uh, has been doing this, these little miniature Christmas villages. So they're made out of ceramic, right? Um, little snowy sort of village wonderland kind of idea since 2007. And it started as a Christmas gift for his wife and it just continued to grow. And then in 2018, he uh, was diagnosed as legally blind and he continued to do these. And I think that this is a wonderful thing because as you know, Dave, whether you are diagnosed with uh, as legally blind as an acquired sight loss or whether you are born with a congenital low vision or blindness the things we love to do we find a way to do them um so whether you are a woodworker or i'm a beater i do beaded jewelry when i lost my sight i continue to find a way to do that and i think that that's really empowering for um not only for the like the the self-care of the human that's that is blind or low vision but for the rest of the world who says and even in this article it's kind of written like wow he's such an inspiration but truly like the rest of the world goes really? How does this work? How is this possible? Why is he doing this? How is he doing this? And it's like, where there's a will, there's a way. He loves the thing that he does. And he uses a high-powered magnifying glass with a, with a little light on it, and he holds it really close to his eye. And I'd love to tell you, if you have a moment, what is in this village? Please, please. It's grown over the last 15 years, which I think is lovely. And it started with just a small pet shop and a chapel and a little art gallery. So that's how it started in 2007. And then over 15 years, and I'm sort of quoting the, uh, the um, uh, author of the article here. So she says, the small dis display has grown over the next 15 years to what it is today, a winter wonderland full of tiny snowy scenes that um, one could almost step right into. So a ski lift that moves, a ski lift moves chairs and gondolas up and down a mountain while at the bottom a parade marches through the village then a train rolls around santa's santa's lit up amusement park and then through a tunnel there's an active moving train and moving gondolas right <laughs> across the village people are on a skating rink and they're playing hockey uh, while others are um, staying warm beside tiny campfires uh, there are rows and rows of houses and shops, plus a fire station and a radio station. It should be AMI, but it's not, um, <laughs> right? And there's a whole bunch of things. And so they light up, they move, they play music, they make sounds, um, and all of the roads and walkways actually connect together. So these little tiny figurines, these little tiny people um, that are maybe about a half an inch to an inch big for 
you know, comparison's sake, if they were uh, movable in the space, if they were to come alive at night, so to speak, they can connect and walk through the village like it was a, a street in any, you know, any neighborhood. So like you got 184 people in there, you got 73 animals in there, 391 trees, 80, uh, 28 birds, 76 structures. Like this thing is incredibly massive. And we talked about it fitting on a dining room table. And actually what he's done, um, if I remember the picture correctly, is he's taken the dining room table and kind of making a big square out of it. So in the middle, you can stand, but it's a big square. So really it's more than just the dining room table, right? <laughs> it takes up the whole dining room and it takes two to three months to build. Oh my gosh. So at this point, his wife is like, Honey, it's lovely, but I'd like my dining room back. <laughs> so yeah, go. <laughs> we got we got to feed the family and friends on Christmas Day. Get your stuff out of the dining room. We got to put some turkey on there. We've uh, all got TV trays, right? <laughs> Amy, I don't I don't want to dwell on this too much because you and I on the air, off the air, on other venues have talked about inspiration porn. But you yep. use but you use the word inspiration there. But you said something that I thought was really really important and really really interesting. It's cool that this gets platformed, but what's mm -hmm. really cool is what you identified, the how he does it and why he does it, right? That's what separates, to my mind, inspiration porn from saying, oh, look at what this person with a disability can do, rather than how are they doing it and why are they doing it? Because that's the difference between inspiration and empowering, because you mentioned the importance of hobbies Everybody's got them. You've got beating. Absolutely. When I clear my mind, I do it with video games. I call it conscious unconsciousness, where I'm uh -huh. doing something that requires conscious attention, but I'm actually literally meditating while I'm doing it. I'm thinking about other things. It's it's so important to have hobbies. And I know, I'm, I know I've kind of wandered off a little bit from the path here, but I think it's a great reminder to all media when talking about disability, the how and the why is way more important than the what. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that because uh, we are human beings living in this world every day, which means we are doing things that every other human being in this world does, right? So yeah, it's not exceptional that we have hobbies. Of course we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, person with disability Imagine has a hobby. Oh my, oh goodness, great. Oh my. Uh, Amy, one last holiday thought here. New Year's mm -hmm. Eve fireworks displays. I'm a mm -hmm. big, as someone who's legally blind, I love me some fireworks. They're sonically rich, and because they're colorful, I'm able to pick them out of the sky, but that's not the case for everybody on the blindness spectrum. What are some of your thoughts about fireworks displays being a little bit more inclusive? You know, um, Vocali has been doing, they started this years and years ago, um, which is not what this story is about in particular, but we were doing fingerworks for fireworks. Um, so we were doing tactile fireworks using the, the back as the canvas. So, you know, at your shoulder blades, just below your neck would be uh, the top of the sky and then lower on the back. And then your lower back would be like the, where the barge is. And you could use your fingers to go fast or slow or different spots in the sky. And we would train a, a describer to work with an individual and, and teach them the shapes of the fireworks, right? And so you could use all sorts of shapes and textures and all those kinds of things to kind of, I don't know, draw shapes on the back. Um, so we were doing that. So I thought that was really incredible. Plus we were down on the beach smelling the salt air, listening to the people around, listening to the booms in the sky, smelling the, the gunpowder and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you felt like you were really immersed, but you know, we weren't doing this on New Year's Eve. We were doing this in the summertime because on New Year's Eve, it's cold here, even in Vancouver. Uh, maybe not under snow like you grew up in Montreal, Dave, um, but 
it's cold here, but in Sydney, Australia, um, starting in 2018, they started doing described fireworks over the radio. And of course, Sydney, Australia is one of the first time zones in the world to hit New Year's um, celebrations, right? So people are tuning in all over the world. Um, and so it, it seemed kind of natural that um, they, they were the first to sort of pilot this idea of doing description of the fireworks. Um, you know, some of the challenges of doing that is that you don't get to have a dress rehearsal of it, right? Yeah, You're yeah. doing it live on the fly and that sort of spontaneous description is really difficult to do because the sighted person is trying to figure out what it all means at the same time as trying to describe it. Mm. Uh, so, and it doesn't, I, you know, fireworks doesn't have to be perfect because we always say like a picture says a thousand words. Well, truly a thousand words isn't going to come out of your mouth with description. You have to, you have to choose what's important and share that and every describer is going to find something different that's important but that's really what a describer has to do is go okay what's important in this moment to get across um what am i noticing that's important that i, that I feel like i need to share that's red really red about, right? blue green yeah. big small sparkle scatter well and but this you know this kind of description requires this is what we did with vocali you actually have to teach a tutorial on what fireworks are because each actual firework has a shape yes um and, and hat right so there's a, a chrysanthemum and there's a um horsetail and these are the the actual names of the the pyrotechnics that they use when they build the fireworks right and so why wouldn't you use that same terminology it's like using medical terminology um and so uh so if you don't know the terminology for these things then you're gonna say round, fast, slow, right? But if you could say chrysanthemum, right? And then you can unpack what that means, right? Okay, so there's a chrysanthemum, it's shaped like this. There's there's uh, one at 12 o'clock, there's one at three o'clock and they combine together in a crescendo, right? Like I would, if I was describing this stuff, I would come with a list of verbs yeah, um, and a yeah. list of adjectives so that I didn't have to think about them. I would just come with them in advance um, and I could like I could pick them and go, oh, okay, this is what I think fireworks, you know, would would entail, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. this is kind of what I what I ask describers to do, even if they're describing a, a dance piece. It's like, you know, what's the theme of the dance? And and uh, pick a list of verbs after you've watched it a couple of times. Hopefully, it's on video. And then when you write it out, it's not so hard because you've got this list of verbs where you're like, oh yeah, this word means like nine different things. There's layers here instead yeah. of walk, yeah. run, or jump. Right. There's so many more layers there. So it makes the process a little bit more easy if you've got sort of your own glossary of verbs to use. Amy, thank you for this. Have a lovely holiday season with friends and family. Talk to you in 2024. You got it, Dave. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. That's Amy Manti, community reporter in Vancouver, B.C. In 60 seconds, Laura Bain has some Christmas music in the world of entertainment. But first... Not all computer keyboards are created equal. Mike Dubesky taps out another edition of Tech Trends. About 40 enthusiasts showed up to a mechanical keyboard meetup in Manhattan's West Village over the weekend. Will Fan was one of the organizers. It's usually just bring your keyboard or just show up. Talk to other people about like what you're doing, what you're planning to build, what you have built. Custom keyboards can be various shapes, like Riley Bay's pink Nyaun 75 board. It's called Nyaun because that's like the onomatopoeia for how cats meow in Korean, and it's shaped like a cat. Key caps are also highly customizable, like Siobhan's coffee-themed keyboard. There's actually Arabic alphabet on here as well to go with Arabica coffee. And so are key switches, which John Poblador says determine how typing on a keyboard feels and sounds. There's 
they're little plastic cubes with a cross-shaped stem on it, and the internals of the cross-shaped stem is actually what determines the feel. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. One of the old uh, producers around these parts at AMI, Sam Robinson, was a big enthusiast of mechanical keyboards. He always knew when Sam was in the office because you could hear it from uh, four rooms away as he tapped away on his keyboard. Let's turn to the world of entertainment. Laura Bain, I will confess to you, last night was the first official night that I hit play on Christmas music in my Spotify. Had a little bit of the uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong Christmas album from 2016 blaring through the Bluetooth speakers. Ooh, those are some. So I thought we could have a little look at it, and I brought some clips to Ooh. listen to as well. Oh, 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 yeah, good stuff. A little treat there. So I want to start off with with Cher and her 27th studio album, but first ever Christmas album, which is simply called Christmas. And that seems very shared. It just called the album Christmas. Um, so the album's a mix of covers and originals and features special guests such as Stevie Wonder, Cindy Lauper, and Michael Bublé. So I have brought us the lead single DJ Play a Christmas Song. Let's give that a listen. DJ Laura, for the raving enthusiast, for those raves on Christmas nights. Tell me your foot's not tapping, Dave. Come oh, on. Oh, Laura, between that and some of the fireworks that we showed on screen when Amy Amanti was talking about fireworks, it kind of makes me wonder if I should have uh, had a couple gummies this morning before the show. Ooh. Now, I've been known to do a share cover or two, uh, so I'm thinking that maybe that track's going into the mix. I think it's a, a jam for sure. <laughs> High energy. I love it. The Philly Specials are a trio comprised of three players of the Philadelphia Eagles. So we've got some football content. Uh, Lane Johnson, Jason Kels, and Jordan Maleta. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, they put out a new Christmas album, and it features a cover of Fairy Tale of New York called Fairy Tale of Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh. And this features Travis Kels of Kansas City Chiefs and Taylor Swift fame. Let's give that cover a listen. You were handsome, you were pretty, you're the king of South Philly. When the band finished playing, they howled out for more. The leathers were swinging, all the drugs they were singing. We fought on a corner, then danced through the night. The sound of the silver ages choir all singing. What do you think of that one? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say that uh, I'm I'm beginning to reach the point of uh, Kelsey oversaturation at this juncture, and uh, this is not helping. Yeah, this one's not making it onto my playlist. I gotta say, I, I know it's gonna be popular, but I think I think it's I think it's bad, Dave. Let's just <laughs> yeah. use that word. Yeah, let's just say it outright. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's no good. Leave uh, <laughs> leave, leave poor Shane McGowan alone. The guy's like fresh in the grave. So the band Weedus has a new Christmas EP out featuring a cover of their massive early 2000s hit Teenage Dirtbag. I brought you a clip of Christmas Dirtbag and the animated music video that goes along with it. So I've got a little bit of audio ooh, description ooh, here yeah. to set up. I, I was going to say, make sure we read the description before we play this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this clip features a large gray dog with a pink nose napping, running in the snow and dancing on ice. Let's give that a watch and a listen. Cause I'm just in Christmas. 
Uh, Laura, can I just say I love this song, like the original song, so much <laughs> that I'm almost not super happy that they're messing around with it and Christmasifying it. Like, this is more fun if somebody does it at a party. I don't know if I need the band putting out Christmas songs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely like, you know, I heard this and I'm like, oh, yeah, but it might just be that the original is so nostalgic and like such a jam that I'm kind of like, you know, this is a jam by default because it's <laughs> yeah. got that same sort of same sort of sound to it, but uh, it's definitely fun. I've got um, two tickets to Mariah Carey, baby. <laughs> Come with me Friday. Don't say maybe. Sorry, sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. I know people just complain free, when you're I just sing. Freestyling there, yeah. Yeah, oh, riffing, riffing over here, but I think I'm riffing pretty good. That you know, I'm, I'm paying uh, homage. I'm, I'm paying homage over here. Hey, uh, Laura, you, oh. go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. Just going to say there's lots of other Christmas music out there this season that we don't have time to get to. Alanis Morissette, Brandy, Boy Genius, and, you know, lots of others. So if folks don't want to listen to the Christmas music of their childhood, they don't have to. They can definitely uh, mix it up this season. Laura, as always, I've taken you over time, but one question on the way out. Your favorite Christmas song of all time? Well, quick answer is going to be Fairy Tale of New York, which is probably why I'm so offended by the uh, Kelsey <laughs> duo version. Ah, uh, good answer. What about I, yourself, Dave? Uh, uh, White Christmas, a big fan of the Bing Crosby version, but of course last night the Louis Armstrong version hit me in the feels yeah. in a big way last night too. Hey, Laura, all the best to you. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. You too. That is Laura Bain coming up after the break. Brock Richardson is going to talk about the issue of para-athletes getting their equipment and mobility devices damaged by airlines. Sound familiar? That's coming your way on Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tV. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.